As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the White Sox Talk podcast. I am Ryan McGuffey, joined today by White Sox pre- and post-game producer Rob Wyatrowski. CSNChicago.com's Dan Hayes is standing by and will join us in just a second. Chuck Garfine still on assignment covering the Chicago Bulls. He is in Boston, and he will be back on the podcast at the conclusion of the Bulls' run in the playoffs, and we hope that that won't be for quite some time. The White Sox Talk podcast is brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com. That's slash socks. Wintrust.com slash socks. We bring in CSN Chicago's Dan Hayes, CSNChicago.com's Dan Hayes, who's, I would say, happy to be home probably is, is the probably, right thing right? because uh, you, and it's not because of the long White Sox road trip. It's because he was out in uh, just on the, ba- on the base of the Appalachian Mountains chasing down the White Sox top prospects over the last four days or over that four-day weekend of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What's up, Dan? I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm finally catching up on some sleep. There's a lot of driving, a lot of traveling, but it was a really fun trip for those four days for sure. What was the best meal you had? The best meal? I went to this place called the Chop House in uh, Kodak, Tennessee, where the, the Tennessee Smokies play. It's a steakhouse. Like, I, I, I went out of the way to get lunch that one day because it was a early morning flight from Philly to Charlotte and a three-and-a-half-hour drive. So once I got there, I was not about to eat ballpark food and make that my main meal for the day. <laughs> I thought you might say Waffle House was your best meal, steak and eggs for like four ninety nine. But let's talk about why you were down there and 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 we've heard so much about the prospects and there's a lot to talk about here at the major league level too because as it stands the Sox are a game out of first place they're nine and nine there's been a lot of impressive things uh including some of the things we saw last night but let's stick to that trip some of your stuff on csnchicago.com has just been fantastic what what or who maybe was the person that stood out most to you in terms of guys you talked to or somebody you maybe saw with your own eyes on the field? I mean, it's hard not to point to Yoan Moncada at this point. He's just been on a tear for a month, and, and the defensive strides are coming. Um, something we talked about late in spring was that they were moving him to shortstop and batting practice just to get his feet moving and get him more active and to kind of mentally have him take that approach to the second-base side because, as, you know, I've talked to Joe McEwing, I've talked to Chris Getz about this, and Mark Redzelonic, all second basemen. You have a tendency to get flat-footed. The ball doesn't come to that side as much, and, and so you're sitting back and not as reactionary, and they want him to be more reactionary and get more aggressive on balls, and, and they've seen that. They've seen it in his double play turns. He gets the bag at a better angle and then is able to make the turns. And, you know, on Saturday night when I was there, he made two impressive throws. That was also a night where he singled a couple times. I know he's hit a, four home runs. I didn't get to see one of those, but, I mean, he, he just re, uh, became the number one prospect in MLB pipeline, and, and you can understand why. How about on the pitching side for, for, for Charlotte? Yeah. We'll stay with. 
Fulmer's been outstanding. Uh, his last six starts at Charlotte, going back to last year, his strikeout to walk is like 25 to 7, which, you know, he struggled with walks a lot last year. It's one of the reasons why he didn't get up earlier than he did. Um, he was, you know, May was a tough time for him last year. And, and he rebounded really well, and he's attacking the zone. He's trusting his stuff, and I think that he's on a good path. Obviously, Ronaldo Lopez has been very good. Lucas Giolito had his best start. He's had ups and downs, and he's got to contr- uh, command the uh, off-speed pitches more. Kind of an under-the-radar guy, I guess kind of that, but you see more and more of as far as people posting about or seeing what he did that night is Nicky Delmonico. What did you think of, that, of, uh, of him down there? Well, I mean, I was impressed by the bat in spring training, and, and apparently the defense has been good at third base. I mean, he's got a, a really good story, bouncing back and, and just finding his passion for baseball again. And he's, he's really looked good, um, like a major league bat, and apparently the glove is coming a long way. He made a couple really nice plays that night, diving, stopped to start double play, and, and there was a catch they made on top of the tarp uh, down the left field line, too. So. He, he's a guy that, you know, he is under the radar. He's not in their top 30 prospects, but a few years back he was a top 10 prospect for the Orioles. I think that if, you know, he, he keeps this path up, he's definitely got a chance to come up to the majors and make an impact. Uh, a lot a lot was impressive about your trip. Um, most impressive is that you saw Kannapolis, Winston-Salem, Birmingham, and Charlotte. So I want to talk about the guy who no one talks about in the Chris Sale trade because there's so much – spotlight on Moncada and Kopech for obvious reasons, but you had the chance to talk to Luis Wasabe as well when you were uh, with Kannapolis, and I know you got Dane Dunning and, and Willie Harris, a, a 2005 fan favorite, is the manager there, but what, what, what were your impressions of him? Because I know you and I spoke, and he stood out. Yeah, Luis Wasabe won. I mean, just an upbeat kid, but the, the cool part was just talking to him about the fact that you know he and his twin brother both were traded within five months of each other by the Boston Red Sox and, and so I just talked to him about that and I asked him if that helped him mentally prepare for being traded that his brother had been traded you know identical twins about five minutes apart um, he's the older brother and as he said he's he's the taller one and he's the stronger one um, he uh, he definitely said that that kind of helped him mentally prepare for being traded it wasn't as big of a shock to his system when he was traded because his twin brother, who had been his roommate, had already gone through it. But, you know, he it was interesting because, you know, they're identical twins. And, and if you look at their names, one is, uh, he is Alexander, Luis Alexander Basabe, and his brother is Luis Alejandro Basabe. And I asked him, I said, what do your parents do to differentiate you if you look so close? And he said, well, my mom and dad call me Chande, and my, my brother is named Hondro. And, and the reason why that is kind of funny is that, there's a very good chance that the White Sox got the right guy and the Arizona Diamondbacks traded for the wrong guy. That story's been floating around for a while, that the Diamondbacks, when they traded Brad Ziegler to the Red Sox, that they got the wrong brother. Uh, and if you look at the prospect list, wow. you know, Brad Ziegler, he's not a guy that blows people away, as far as, but, but still a, a bullpen piece being moved in July. And neither the Basabe that plays for Arizona, nor the other guy they got, Jose Almonte, neither of them are in their top 30 prospects right now. And, and the Luis Basabe the White Sox have is I think they're number eight guy. So it's quite possible that the Diamondbacks screwed up and, and took the wrong guy. I, I was told from somebody over there that it, 
you know, it's possible they got it wrong. Um, and, and it's funny when you think, hey, they're identical twins. And I, I, when I announced the trade on Twitter, I messed up and announced the wrong kid myself. So it's, it's easy to do, but it might the White Sox may have benefited another team's clerical mistake. Well, as a, the Diamondbacks haven't had a history in the last two years of making great trades. Let's be honest. Uh, I want you and I have talked a lot, obviously, well, because we're friends. You know, let's be honest. But um, I am going down to make my own trip with a TV camera next week to do a lot of some of the some of the same stuff and get to know some of the same guys, but bring them to life in a TV sense that you got to talk to. So. There's been a lot of people talking and clamoring for, you know, when is X going to be here? When is Y going to be here? So I just want to be able to ask you from what you saw, what you've known, and, and maybe some of the people you've talked to on and off the record, when is a realistic time frame for the first of these prospects to break through? I would guess it's Moncada, but what, do you have a, a, project, a projection date type thing? I mean, I just I, I keep thinking service time is going to come into this. Do it. I, I think Moncada does enough good things that if he was absolutely needed, he could be in the majors right now. But I also think that the White Sox are going to exhaust all efforts to develop him and, yeah, and not have him should. face the pressures. And I, So I think at the earliest he would be would be July. And, you know, to me, the first guy up, if he keeps going like this, is probably Carson Fulmer, um, the way he's pitching, or Ronaldo Lopez, one of those two. Uh, but, you know, it's all it's all up in the air. Those three could be up at any time. Ronaldo Lopez is ready. Carson Fulmer, I think, you know, the way he's attacking could be up. But I, I really think they're going to do a service time kind of thing and, and wait till July, somewhere along that. Dan Hayes joining us for a few more minutes on the White Sox Talk podcast brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank. Dan, I wanted to ask you a couple of things about, and I know Rob did too, about what's going on in here in Chicago Carlos Rodon was uh, here in, in the city yesterday. He threw off a flat ground uh, in front of Don Cooper yesterday, I think 33 pitches or so. Um, but they still don't have a timeline, and there's still no time frame for what's next or what, will he throw off a mound, when he'll throw off a, a mound. Obviously, if he pitches, it'll be, there'll definitely be, I would think, at least two or three starts, a, a rehab assignment. Um, what is to make of Carlos Rodon? Because I'm confused. Coop said he's frustrated. I just – I don't know – I'm kind of confused and a little baffled about what's going on. It, it's a confusing situation. I mean, let's be honest. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago on opening day, and it seemed like he was making a lot of progress and that potentially he could be throwing off the mound within a week um, if everything kept going the right way. And it apparently, you know, the White Sox have not said anything about – setbacks they just keep mentioning the word progress they don't give us many details beyond that it is a confusing thing i mean you know so if there's no setbacks but he continues to progress you know it's obviously just going at a very slow pace um and and remains to be seen at this point because they said he threw well yesterday and it felt fine but carlos Rodon didn't address the media and it was definitely something that you know it just added to the intrigue of this situation that he isn't talking because maybe there's not much to add, but nobody really knows. See, now, I, we're not used to it being so hush-hush. And, you know, in the, to quote Hawk, you know, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but is it possible something more serious than bursitis and they're just sticking with the bursitis? I don't think that they would at least be – I don't think he would be doing anything at all 
if he was if he was totally shut down. I mean, it, you know, anything's possible. There's no question. But I, I think that they think way too highly of him to risk him any chance that something's wrong. And, and so the fact that he's still on flat ground at least indicates he's feeling okay enough to do that. You know, I, they're not going to force him out there. This is a season where they're looking at the big picture. And, and if the big picture says, we don't care if Carlos Rodon makes 10 starts as long as he's healthy going forward. They're not going to rush him. So, you know, that's the weird part about this is that he still is active. It's just that he hasn't ramped it up yet. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that situation because it's certainly interesting to say the least. Danny Hayes, glad you're back. Great stuff from your trip uh, chasing those guys all over the – You have a good trip down there. Yeah, I appreciate it, but I'm sure we'll see you soon, and uh, we'll talk to you for sure. Thanks again. Uh, sounds good. We thank Dan Hayes for joining us here on the White Sox Talk podcast, brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, Ryan McGuffey and Rob Wytrowski. We have plenty to talk about, Rob, but it's going to come after the break because we got to take a step aside for a quick one. We're going to talk Matt Davidson. We're going to talk Miguel Gonzalez and the stories that both of them are having thus far through about 20 games into the season. That's next in the White Sox Talk podcast. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash Sox, members FDIC. CSN Sports Talk Live podcast brings you the freshest takes and boldest insights on the hottest topics of the day. David Kaplan leads the conversation with a rotating panel of writers, reporters, and personalities. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe at CSNChicago.com slash podcasts today. Back on the White Sox Talk podcast, brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank. I'm Ryan McGuffey with Rob Wiatrowski, White Sox pre- and post-game producer. And, uh, Rob, we just heard a lot of good stuff there from Dan Hayes, and we talked about Carlos Rodon. But I want to talk about some other, two, two other guys specifically. Uh, let's start with Matt Davidson, because I feel like it's a curious case of Matt Davidson. Um, he was kind of heading into the year, they said he was going to be a guy that, you know, against lefties, he'd be the bat, the DH, and there's a lot to like about Cody Ashey in spring training. But sitting here right now, 12 games into the season, well, not 12 games, we're 18 games into the season as we tape this podcast, Davidson's played in 12 of them, started nine of them. He's hitting 368, leads the team with 14 RBIs, leads the team with four home runs, three of which have come against right-handed pitchers where he's hitting 348. I ask you this, Rob, should Matt Davidson be the White Sox permanent DH? With a team that's only has struggled to score runs in pretty much all season, why would you not put this guy in your lineup? There's nothing to lose with having him in there, and there's, nothing, and there's, more, there's more to lose with, with him out because you know, they're not scoring runs. The ultimate goal is still to win games. I mean, we know what, what this team is. There's no lie about that, but you can't help but root for this guy. Every time he comes up, he's dangerous. He, he, he's, he, like at, he just has that look that he had three hits last night and all of them were scalded, that, that single off the wall. All of them, and I, I'm not a big exit velocity guy. I'm, I'm like on the Melton camp. Yeah, you're on the Melton camp. All of them camp. had an exit velocity. All three hits had an exit velocity over 100. The single off the fence was 110 miles an hour, and that ball was smoked. Oh, it was smoked. It's a very long single, but it right. scored two runs, four RBIs. Like, what more does this guy have to do? to prove that he should be in there every day. Because like you said, it's against righties. It's against lefties. I mean, 
I, I, I don't have a case for where you keep him doing what he's doing. I think he's earned the right to play every day. I want to sit down with Matt Davidson because I'll tell you what, his story is certainly one to root for because when they got him for Addison Reed, there was this hope that he would be the third baseman of the future. And it just didn't work out. He just never, in Charlotte, struck out a ton. The average Wait. was really bad. The average was in the, like the, right around the Mendoza line. And then I remember two years ago at spring training, um, when he met the media, he just mentally was in a bad place. You told me that. And he had talked about how when he went home in the offseason, he went back to the first field he had played baseball on. And just to remember what it was like, to remember why baseball was something he loved in the first place. I mean, you, baseball is definitely the most mental game of any sport. But to have a guy literally go back to, like, the root of T-ball, that tells you how far down deep in the head it was for Matt Davidson. And a lot of times, a lot of times, most times, there wouldn't be this feel-good ending, at least with the team that he was going through this no. with. If anything, Matt Davidson would have resurfaced with, like, the Philadelphia Phillies. And it was like, wow, that guy really, you know, he's, he turned into something. He turned into something. But here he is. Still a you White know, 25 years old, still a White Sox. In this rebuild, he could, he could easily play and start for the next couple of seasons as a bridge to contention with some of the guys they flip. And let's, say, let's just say, let's, let's be optimistic here and say Matt Davison performs. Now, he's not going to hit 368 all year. We know that. Yeah. But let's say he hits 268 and is able to drive the ball out of the ballpark 20 times and have 70-plus RBIs. I mean, honestly, like I would put him in the comeback player of the year category. I'm dead serious for just the whole story. What happens for three years as the White Sox build this back and now he's 28 years old is here's Matt Davidson right here with the reward of being one of the guys in the middle of a contention at the end of a rebuild. That's kind of what – like I've, I have gone there. We're talking about him going back to T-ball and trying to figure <laughs> out why. You're in the, the future. Yeah. I'm going to Matt Davidson for him saying – what if what if he saw it all the way through? That's an unbelievable book. It's a heck of a story. Like it's a, every time he comes up, you just want to see him do well. Which because, is why I want him on the field. Exactly. And, and, like, because he's hitting. Like, he's the only guy on the team who's hitting. Because, and that's a, that, that alone, came back down. Yeah. And we knew that was going to happen. He wasn't going to hit 440 all no, year. No, but we'll take 364 with the 417. But the guy's got 14 RBIs in 12 games. In 12 games. And well, nine starts. Nine starts. I mean – he leads the team in homers and RBIs. So, I, I just – I mean, I know he'll be in the lineup against lefties. That's not changing. I just hope – yeah, like, do we – Because you felt, you felt bad for him last year. He, yeah. he, got, the, he got that taste. Came up, got he the gets hit. an RBI single and, and rounds breaks first his base foot. And breaks his foot. Like, are you kidding me, right. really? But that, Add that to the story. He could have easily checked out again. Absolutely. But it was one of those things where in spring training – even like he started out hot and, and right. we're, we're like, oh, maybe yeah, he didn't have a great spring. And then he just he came, yeah. slowly went down, but he was out of options. So it's like, well, we, let's give him a shot. And the guy's flourishing. Well, the White Sox, one thing they've done very well is pitched. They are number one in baseball. Number one with a 2.91 ERA. The only Your what hurts? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Your what hurts? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a 2.91 ERA. I mean, the only team under three, we're about 20 games into the season here, folks. That's not, I mean, we're not looking at just like one week or one series of baseball. Now, offensively, yeah, they're near the bottom in nearly every category. All, they're hitting yeah. 223 with a 285 on base, which is another reason Matt Davidson should play. Forget the whole story of Matt Davidson. The but when you're hitting 223 with a 285 on base percentage and a 348 slugging, 
why Matt Davidson wouldn't be playing every day. You know, I don't know. And look, Davidson could play the next 10 games against right-handed hitters and prove us all wrong, hit 100, and, and go back to just hitting lefties. But I just want to see it. Because, and then we'll talk about it in two weeks. Because Exactly. <laughs> and what, what, I mean, what, what I've seen against right-handed so far tells me he should be hitting against both sides. But Miguel Gonzalez, talk about another success story. The White Sox got this guy off the scrap heap a year ago from Baltimore. They gave up on him. I, He's 8-8 eight and eight with a 3-4-4 in 27 starts with the White Sox. 8-8 eight and eight with a 3-4-4 in 27 starts. If I would just tell you player X and player Y and wouldn't reveal names, you'd probably say that's Jose Quintana. Eight Absolutely. and eight with a three, four, four, right? Absolutely. That's about how he's been. So that, Not as dominant in terms of strikeouts, but he's been pretty dominant, I, I, and he's been unreal this year. I brought it up to, to Bill Melton and Pitsednik when he when they were here on, on the show, like because he, he, he pitched whatever night they, they were there, and I was like, I can't believe the Orioles just let this guy go. For nothing. And I think it, it was Pods who was like, they just let him go? And it's like, yeah. They, they, at the start, they, they, didn't, they didn't see him. Being in the rotation to start the year, so they let him go. Sox signed him a minor league contract, and three starts later, he was here. The guy had like before it, his last year in Baltimore, his ERA was like four nine one. But, then but before had, that, it was never more than three five right. or three six, right. and he's pitching in the AL East. Yeah, like we have him as our fourth starter right now. You know, quote fourth starter. He's three zero with a two ERA. Two. It's gonna look pretty attractive come July. Good, because he's a free agent after this year. He's, he's, he's done. I mean, him he's, and Derek Collin, the way they pitched. arbitration. Come July, I mean, I know we're excited because we – you know what the team is, but you still like to see the team perform well. No doubt. Still You're good. still a fan. You want to see – like, you know, when they, when they put up 12, 13, 14 that's runs. Fun. That's fun. It's still fun. It's fun to see every guy hit. But fun come to see July, three hits. if you have guys like Miguel Gonzalez and Derek Holland who are pitching well – you're not going to get, you know, the upper echelons of, of prospects, but you're going to get guys you probably weren't going to get at the start of the year. I just keep, I keep saying the same name. Scott Feldman. Got Pedro Strope and Jake Arrieta. The Baltimore Orioles, maybe call, call them up and see who else they're ready to give up on. Because they've <laughs> given up on two pretty darn good ones, yeah. you know, on both sides of town. And that's the kind of, like, if Scott Feldman can get you Pedro Strope and Jake Arrieta. Now, I'm not saying that there's another guy who's going to be dominant and win a Cy Young and, and be as good as Jake Arrieta has been the last couple of years. But if you can get a younger version of Miguel Gonzalez and a bullpen arm for Miguel Gonzalez, and look, I, or a, like some you said, semblance of a bat, some semblance of a bat. We yeah. know what the team is. We're not running away and saying like, hey, they're not yeah, going to lock today, up Miguel Gonzalez game, for five They're a game years out now. of first base, or first place, 18 games in the season. We love that. It's I fun. mean, as a fan, you love that. But you're also realistic to go, okay, well, what is this team? What's the future, and what, what do we have going forward? We have some pieces right now that are in high demand. Well, there's storylines galore on this White Sox team thus far. David Robinson, another one. We'll have to get into that one maybe down the line as the trade deadline still just a mere three months away. Was, Rob, it was, it was fun. Fly by. A lot it of fun. fun. That's Rob Wyatrowski. You can catch his work on the White Sox pre- and post-game shows. I'm Ryan McGuffey. This is the White Sox Talk podcast, and it's brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash socks. That's Wintrust.com slash socks. We'll see you again next Tuesday or as White Sox News breaks. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. 
Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.